listening to KZAA LP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza. This Saturday, September 4th, End Time, Omega Point, Bent Blue, Terrena, Firestarter, Bare Minimum, 6 p.m. at the CFF in Oxnard, 108 East 5th Street, End Time, record release for their new EP, Fighting Learning. Also, Monday, September 6th, Labor Day, at 6 p.m., the greatest band in the world, Out West, also featuring End Time and Basha, up in Santa Maria, 633 East Main Street, being put on by Working Class Hole, DIY Flea Market, Labor Day, 6 p.m., Out West, End Time, Basha, 633 East Main Street, Santa Maria, and now an interview with Steve Myers. Hey, yo, do we got New York on the line right now? We do. Okay, first, not much, not much. Uh, first and foremost, are you safe and indoors from all the hurricanes and tornadoes and crazy stuff going on in the East Coast right now? Yeah, yeah, totally fine. Okay, that's good to know because you don't need to be doing radio interviews if you got to be, you know, making sure you're going to survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, let me lo- let me let the listeners know real quick what's going on. So you just heard an awesome playlist, um, which if you're listening on Spotify or any streaming platforms, uh, you can hear that at the end of this interview. We're now joined by Steve Myers, the CEO of Heroes and Martyrs Records, um, home to some of the you know former former CEO of Martyr Records, home to some of the most classic and greatest hardcore records ever, in my opinion. We are live on the radio in California right now on KZAA LP 96.5 FM. And Mr. Myers, where are you calling us from? I'm uh, I'm actually sitting in a parking lot. That's why I wouldn't be pacing around the house. And <laughs> like I'm on the phone, I just can't, I can't stay still. I gotta walk <laughs> For sure. So that's why I'm, I stay still and kind of just stay focused. Okay. Well, that's good. If you but if you need to get up and walk around, you could probably get out of the car. Is it an open parking oh, lot? Oh yeah, there's tons, <laughs> tons of space. <laughs> Did you drive around and find like the most empty parking lot you could? No, nah, I, I was actually <laughs> thinking about it for like all day. You know, I was like, ah, you know, I got something to do. And uh, exactly well, uh, I appreciate you so much, man, for calling in the show. Um, it's really, yeah, yeah, yeah it's really an honor. Um, a lot of respect and admiration for you and, and everything you've done. Um, and shout out to Andy Diehard for making the connection. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, my first question is, there's a major motion picture called Smile Now, Cry Later. Are you familiar with this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I, that's why I, did. I didn't go to work today, because I had to go to the dentist. Okay. Uh, so I can get a bunch of gauze to stick in my mouth before I called you. <laughs> Oh man, Zach! Oh man, Zach showed me that movie like 20 years ago. Uh, him and Ryan found it, I think, at like a gas station one time. So, oh, man, you gotta watch this. And I was like, all right. So it was because we were on. Uh, this was um, right, probably first week of 2003 or so, something like that. And uh, so he finds this movie, he puts it in. It's like me, and and I'm I'm out there with holding on, and 
and uh, in control and all this stuff. So they, we watch this movie, and it's the most just ridiculous movie I've ever seen. Like it was just, it's just, it's nonsense, you know, it's silly stuff. So, uh, but there's this one scene where this dude goes for a radio interview, and the interviewer <laughs> has a bunch of gauze in his mouth, and he just mentions it, and he's just like, "Oh, sorry, I got all this gauze in my mouth. I went to the dentist." <laughs> for like no reason it's just like and i've been trying to think of that movie for like i remember watching it and i tried to think about it over the years like, what was that movie you know so then one day i just had to email zach and i was like <laughs> you gotta like help me with this man it's like been stuck in my mind he's like here it is and i was like thank you so much that's what's up um <laughs> okay well thanks for touching on that i appreciate it um if yeah. you don't mind real quick um so Heroes and Martyrs uh, just did a reissue, um, the self-titled No Warning 7-inch. Um, so if you want to just let the listeners know what's up real quick so they can hear it in one spot, um, where, where can we find it, uh, where, how can we order it, and what all merch is uh, still left and available? Yeah, sure. So like uh, probably for most people, I mean, you can get it directly from me um, at heroes-martyrs.com. That's probably the easiest place. Uh, you can also get it from Rev, uh, RevHQ.com. They have an exclusive color. Um, I still have some color and a couple cassettes left, but it's going pretty quick, man. It's pretty cool that after, like, I haven't done anything in, like, 16 years, and then and then I come back, and then it's just, like, you know, just got right back in, in the groove of things, which is awesome. Definitely. It's a great record and it's cool because you can't, I don't, I don't think I saw it like on Spotify or anything. So it's cool. And thank you so much for sending me a copy of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, the thing about Spotify is like, um, because it's like originally when I had done it years and years ago, it was like, um, you know, Bridge Nine came along and, and he was putting out the CD. So we kind of got a, you know, a gentleman's agreement that you know, I'll, I'll just stick to the vinyl and, and you know, and tapes and things like that. So so um, all that digital stuff will be handled by Bridge Nine, for sure. Well, it's cool to have the it's cool to have the physical copy too, especially reissue. Um, and it's it's remastered too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had uh, Dan at Sunroom Audio, who's you know probably most people probably know him from his work. He just, I think he just did the new Fiddlehead LP. Um, nice. But yeah, we I, I tracked down the original you know master recording and and uh, had it remastered and just wanted to get it back out there. Like I haven't really put out a copy of it since about 2002. And I think, you know, Bridgestone did a copy in like 2013. Uh, but outside of those, you know, outside of that, that's pretty much the last time I can get it on vinyl. And it's just, and something was just drawing me to, you know, to, to put it back out there. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, if it was back out there, well, one, it was either myself or, or Chris from Bridgestone doing it, you know, I would have felt, just wouldn't have felt right if someone else was doing it. So. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No warning is a, is a great band. Um, obviously people know that, um, I got to see them at sound and fury 2019, which was mm. really cool. Cause they played, it was like no warning basement fury and have heart. They played like back to back to back to back. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was cool, man. No warning played, you yeah. know, obviously a great set and, you know, in young gov too, seen, him perform uh a few times so shout out to no warning for sure man yeah totally yeah, um, yeah you know they're, they're special for me so. yeah they're for awesome. sure I, I i i can imagine is uh and then you did a long sleeve too right 
for the for the reissue? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just you know, as we were doing pre-orders leading up to it, um, I had my friend Kyle draw up a design, and and so it's just like whatever we were doing during the pre-orders is all that's ever going to be made. So that makes it even cooler. Yeah, that makes it even cooler in my opinion. Yeah. Um, right on, man. Well, if you want to just talk a little bit about like, cause you know, you put out so much, you know, Martyr put out so much stuff in the early two thousands and kind of why, just wondering like, why, why did you choose, um, this record in particular to, um, be the one that you were going to, that you were going to put out? Uh, so like, you know, just to not ramble on, but it's just like, so you can ramble. This is your time, man. <laughs> no, I mean, we, I mean, we only go about like an hour, you know? Yeah. It uh, does go by so fast, but like, no, this is your time. You say whatever you want yeah. uh so a little backstory like on the original seven inch um and i and i fully own up to it it's like i don't like how it came out like the original covers are awful uh the person i had make them just i don't know what he was thinking <laughs> um they can't they're terrible i hate them <laughs> so and it's and it's bothered me ever since. Like it's just that wasn't like what I wanted to do. And like I want to, you know, first release, you know, seventeen, eighteen, put out, you know, the seven inch getting all excited. And the first release is just, it's it's awesome, right? But like you got this awful back cover, <laughs> terrible cover, right? Um, so, so doing, you know, the whole decision to do it, and then it's like, all right. It's, 20 year anniversary type of not it's like unofficial anniversary thing you know it's just like yeah. oh it's you know 2001 2021 you know uh so it's just like all right if if i start up a label you know i had like nothing in mind but it's just like you know that just that that itch was there to do for it. sure yeah and it's like all right i'll do it if i could do that release and do it proper and I want to make sure that it that it matches, you know, the the original vision that I had when we first decided to do it, and then just kind of touch upon it a little bit more and kind of over, you know, go go a little overboard to kind of make up for all those missteps and, and packaging problems that we had and things like that. And you know, and and there's just so many flaws, like like the original purple, like the original seven, sorry, excuse me, the original seven inch canal is like a purple putty color. And and things were different in in the vinyl manufacturing landscape of you know, the early two thousands. So it's like, you you know, you call the pressing plant and you're like, hey, I want to get a hundred on color, and they're like, we're not doing that. You have to do like three hundred minimum. And I was like, Dang. all right, well, <laughs> and, and I was like, well, what if I pay for it? And they're like, no, you have to, you know, you can you can pay for three hundred. You'll get, you know, it was a whole big thing. So I said, all right. Uh, but I really want a hundred and like, all right, we'll give you a hundred, but it's just like, you won't know what color you're getting okay. and it's just, just be whatever. So I was like, Oh, cool. I'll, we'll get something like a blue or something like that. <laughs> and I got, I opened a box and it's just like this purple putty nonsense. And I was like, <laughs> this is awful. Uh, you know, so it's just like that, that color was terrible. Cause originally what I had wanted to do back then was, was orange you know like an orange vinyl yeah. uh because all the records that i had i didn't really have like an actual orange uh you know there was like you know you can get like a transparent gold or something like that but i hadn't really had like an orange record so like i wanted to do orange this way i could actually like physically see it you know yeah um so 
I put all like these little hurdles in my mind. It's like, all right, I'll start up a label again. If I could do that release again, if I could do it proper, and if I could do a hundred on orange, like how I originally intended. So I put like all these little hurdles in the way. So it's like, uh, you know, if I set them, if they all happen, then it was meant to be. If I don't do it, then hey, you know, I had my time, you know, a couple of years ago. It's cool. For sure. No, so it just, a, yeah. it just ended up working out. And it just, everything I said I had wanted to do was just cool and easy, man. It was awesome. So, so everything just kind of worked itself out and it, that's how it became to be. Yeah, that, that's a great, I f- that's an awesome mindset to have in, in, in wanting to pursue something, you know, and like, okay, I'm, if I can, if the boxes are getting checked along the way and things yeah. are working, then, then this is probably something I should do. And, and do you feel like, you know, in 2021 or whenever you started working on this with all your experience and having gotten older and, you know, probably more like stable financially and just having all this experience that, that getting over those hurdles was a little bit easier than it might have been, you know, 15, 16 years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, like, for, like, the first, like, I mean, geez, I did, like, 17 releases originally back when. And it's just, like, and I was still learning as I got to the, you know, the last one I was doing. But it's, like, when I did it this time, it's, like, all right, I, I know, you know, I'm not, like, necessarily, like, learning, like, on the fly like i knew what i wanted to do things i mean things are a little different now so i'm learning in like a different regard like the way that things are handled now and in the way that just everything is like it's a completely different scene you know compared to like what i was you know involved with um, but yeah for sure for just having like because essentially too like i've been thinking about this for like the last like 16 years it's just been you know since i stepped away like i'd never like truly stopped but like you know i always thought about it in the back of my mind yeah but i mean i've been thinking about like if i were to do it again here's what i would do and just kind of you know think of like these situations like all right i would do it like this i'd want to do it like this and it should come out like this and things like that nice well i'm glad it was definitely yeah yeah i'm glad you were able to come back around and and get it out the way that that you initially wanted to um all right, so if you don't mind, we'll take a trip back in time for a little for yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, I know you're in I know you're in New York. Um, you know the label's based out in New York and everything, but just kind of curious about like where you grew up. Did you grow grow up back east? And and um, yeah, if you want to just kind of start with with where you grew up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like pretty much where I live now is like where I grew up. Like, nice. I've just always been, you know, in in uh, southern New York here. So it's just this is where I grew up, you know, and I'm, I'm just, it's, it's just like what I know. So, and I've like, I mean, I've traveled and I've been, you know, coast to coast several times. So I've seen where, uh, you know, where, where everything is, but it's just, you know, New York is home to me. So. That's awesome. Uh, so it was like Southern yeah. New York, like in reference to New York city, like where are you at exactly? Yeah. it's. I mean, it's like, I mean, the city is like a, 45 minutes south of where I am, but it's like, I'm in like that umbrella where it's like, you know, essentially like once you kind of go beyond where I am, then it's just like, it, it almost feels like nothing until you hit like Canada. Okay, cool. You know, that's how kind of people at least like somewhat consider it. You know, it's just like. For sure. Yeah. I've done, I've done like a lot of New York interviews lately. It's kind of crazy. It's just been working out. I've done like long Island and, uh, got incendiary next week, so I'm just like, 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like I need to get back to some California. The people out here are going to get mad at me, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, what was it like growing up in in New York? Like, what did you do for fun and stuff? Uh, Well, I mean, I was just, you know, pretty much a homebody. and, And I discovered, like, music fairly early. Like, I mean... I mean, I started going to shows when I was, like, right as I turned, like, 13. Uh, I think my first show, I was probably... Actually, no, sorry. I was, I was like... Yeah, I was just about 13 at my first show. Okay. And uh, so it's just, like, leading up to that, you know, I just did typical kid stuff, you know, video games and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, just but then, like, went once to school, I found, played video games. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's typical... Uh, but then, like, I started going to shows in, like, 1996. Nice. Um, and then, like, once I started, I was like, this the, this is the greatest thing ever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I just, from 13 until pretty much, like, 22, that's all I did. You know, I just went to shows and just did as much as I could, you know, going to shows or trying to go to shows or bothering people online talking about shows <laughs> and stuff like that. And then eventually that grew into, you know, going to shows. Then you'd, I'd had a, you know, you'd buy a couple of records here and there. And that just kind of grew into a record collection. And then, and then it turned into like, a, you know, obsession and a hobby and things like that. And then that's where that itch from like, all right, now that I've collected them and, and I've got all this stuff, it's like, now I want to be the one to make it. And that's where that kind of all, all stemmed from. For sure. So was that when you were 13, that first show you went to, was that like a punk or hardcore show? It was yeah, it was the Earth Crisis One King Down show. Dang, <laughs> that's a way to break yourself in right there. Yeah, and then like <laughs> and then like two weeks later, I went and saw like I think it was like Biohazard and All Out War. So Dang. that's kind of like my whole introduction to. <laughs> to everything. Yeah, that's solid, man. So did you have friends that were like, "Yo, let's you know this band's playing right here," and and had you had you listened to any punk or anything like that before that, or you kind of just? No, not really. I kind of like. I mean, I always like listen to like, I guess you could say like metal or like alternative. Um, but then there was always like that one kid in class, you know, like who, you know, he wore the shirts. Like you kind of like some days, like you'd wear like say like a Pantera shirt, and you're like, oh, I know Pantera. Yeah. And then like one day he'd wear like another shirt, and you're like, oh, that's you know. So he was kind of just like, almost like a, like a walking billboard, and you're like, yeah. what's this? And then you know, because he he had he was the one that had the older brother who was able to influence <laughs> him, and then I was able to be influenced by him. And then it just became like, oh, yeah, there's this band and, you know, listen to this. And then you're listening to it. And then you just kind of like look around and you're like, oh, they're going to be playing uh, nearby. And you just, and I just went and it was forever changed my life. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, for sure. I can imagine like stepping into an Earth Crisis show as a 13 year old kid was probably pretty, pretty like, I don't know, eye opening or alarming. And, um, (laughs) Yeah, I just, you know, because not everybody, not everybody goes to a punk or a hardcore show and feels connected to it, you know, we're like, oh, this is, you know, some people like will go and just be like, oh, it's too much for me or listen to the music and be like, oh, I don't like it. It's too, I can't hear the words or whatever. So, you know, what, what was it about, about hardcore that kind of like drew you in? In, in so much a way, it was so much like the aggression of it. Yeah. Not necessarily like, oh, you know, I, I want to be aggressive, but it's just like just watching and just like this like, excitement and just 
you know, just like I said, like the like a lack of a better term, you know, this is aggression coming out. It is, just, yeah. Wow, this is just great. You know, just watching these people just like go off and people enjoy themselves and they just like when the show is done, they just leave. And it's just like for like those few hours, it's just like you're just somewhere else being somebody else. And then and then it just slowly progressed from there where it's just like, you know, you start going to more shows and then you start meeting more people and then it just becomes more of a collective where it's just like you know you've got your one life you know like i mean these this is when i'm you know growing up and stuff like that so it's like you got your one life which is like all right you know i go to school do stuff and then i go see my friends i don't normally see you know on the weekends and then you come back and do your normal life and then you come back and <laughs> revisit them and all that stuff so it's just like it just slowly just grew into like this being of itself just to, just to go and just experience it was just you know phenomenal for sure i still i feel like it's like well first like yeah the energy of a live show is like something that i was drawn to too and it was aggression and it was angst and and just like and then yeah. you see people just like you know the intro hits or a breakdown hits or a, or a sing-along pile-up hits and people are just like absolutely losing their minds you know and it's just like yeah. that yeah. was what you know i was that was a thing for me and and i feel like i'm it's still that way for me too like i have my life and my work and stuff like that and then like i just went to the turnstile uh turnstile played here close to where i'm at right now over the weekend was it the santa cruz show or no it was in oxnard <laughs> um okay. yeah and it was like dude it was say, just, are you the one at the santa cruz show oh <laughs> No, I saw that. No, I wasn't at that show. I was at I was at the Oxnard show, and I played softball all weekend, so I was really sore. So I wasn't like stage diving or anything. I was just like spectating, but it was the same thing, man. Like, and I think it's cool too, like to just sit back and watch a show sometimes, and like just to see. It was the same thing, man. Like, like turnstiles start playing, and then people just like, you know, people are just like losing their minds, and they just go into this other like this other realm for like 30 to 40 minutes and it's just you know it never gets old to me and every time I see a set like that it just you know it's I'm like yeah that's that's why this means so much to me you know yeah for sure um but yeah so I wanted to ask like so what was that scene like that you came up in like so you know 96 mid 90s mm -hmm. New York City or you know New York I mean, that was a yeah. really, really cool time in hardcore. The 90s, I think, were a great, a really cool time in hardcore. Um, but kind of like, what was that scene like you came up in? Were you in any bands? Uh, were your friends in bands? You know, stuff like that? Um, well, I kind of grew, like, it's it's weird because it's like a, I've got the power of hindsight on this one. And so where I grew up and, like, the shows I was going to, um, we kind of had... I mean, we got, like, you know, I, I mean, I got to see, like, everybody, you know, going to shows. So, so I mean, I've, I got the whole gamut, you know, going um, the whole spectrum here. Uh, but for the most part, like, the bands that were, like, local to us, you know, were think, you know, kind of, like, All Out War was probably, like, one of, like, the more bigger bands for, for where we grew up. Yeah. Uh, and, and where I was. Um, and so we, we got to see all the bands kind of, like, in that style um, you know, I kind of would venture out to like say New Jersey or Connecticut and I got to experience a few, few other, you know, bands in there. Um, you know, being close to Connecticut, you know, I saw Hatebreed yeah. a thousand times, you know, <laughs> it's just, and you know, and it's just like, you know, all the bands that you said, it's like, I got to, I got to see Hatebreed and then, 
and then I got to see Death Road a thousand times, you know, like, so I got to see all these bands because, you know, I'm so close. And it's just like, man, I would love to just go back and just see, you know, <laughs> Satisfaction, Error, Hate Breed, you know, just yep. like b- before they get, you know, it's just small club, intimate setting, you know, just playing Satisfaction or seeing Death Threat just before Peace and Security came out. Yeah. You know, I get to see all these bands and stuff like that. So it's just like, and then it just kind of grew from there. So it's like, what's crazy too, and I just, and I can't believe this is a thing, right? Like, so, so where I live is like, um, the biggest band I could easily say that's from my area now is Mind Force. Yeah. And they're phenomenal. And anybody who says otherwise is, is purely lying. Agreed. Incredible band. I absolutely love Mind Force. Me too. I have known Jay, not personally, like I've, I've known him for the entire, pretty much the entire time I've been going to shows. Jay and all them, they're, you know, they're local to me. Yeah. And I've seen his old bands, like, again, I've seen them a thousand times. And and if you were to tell me then, like, oh, Jay's going to start a band, and it's going to be something you're obsessed with, <laughs> I'd be like, you're crazy. Like, you tell me he's going to be the lead singer of a band that I'm just going to be <laughs> mad about. And they're like... Yeah, and I'd like just because it just it just didn't seem like he, you know because I've always known him for playing drums. And yeah, he's always you know we, I mean my circle of friends and his circle of friends we've always meshed. But to to come out of that and be like yeah Jay's gonna be singing this band that you're gonna be loving in in twenty years you know it just <laughs> it just just doesn't feel right you know but now I hear it and I was like you know it's just like he's phenomenal and yeah. it just it just baffles me that like like the same Jay that I've known you know, all this time is now this Jay and it's incredible to see where he's, you know, to see that transformation because it's just like, like I said, mind force is incredible. I just want more people to listen to him, but it's just, it's just so funny that, that, and pretty much too, mind force was also the band that kind of got me back into this. Thing. Things like, nice. you know, I wasn't really, you know, I haven't really been to a show since like 2005. Right. Yeah. Um, I just kind of just, you know, when, once I stopped doing the label, I just kind of stepped away and just started doing some other stuff. And things like that. So I haven't really been to a show in a while. Um, but I always kind of, you know, kept an eye from a distance and things like that. And, and, you know, so of course, knowing Jay and who he is and all this stuff, I was always aware of, you know, the bands he was, you know, doing. Like, you know, he did like Living Laser. Living and Laser, then, yeah. Uh, and then he came up and did Mind Force and stuff like that. So I remember I, I got a copy of Excalibur. And then I listened to it, and then I went to my friend Adam, and I was like, "Have you heard Mind Force?" And it's just like you know, and of course, of course he has. You know, he's he's known them as long as I have. And he's like, "Yeah, I, uh, where you been, man?" <laughs> and, I was like, right. and and that's what like kind of reawoken to me to like, I was like, "Oh my god, like, I'm I'm back," you know, like yeah. it's like it all just came crashing back. And I was like, oh, my God, where have I been? What have I missed? <laughs> uh, but it's just incredible just to see, like, what they're doing now. For sure, man. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's like, that's, like, exactly kind of, like, what I what I mean. It's, like, a, a record. I mean, first of all, that's such a cool little backstory on Mind Force. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, um, yeah I saw, I've seen Mind Force many times. I just saw them, like, you know, two weeks ago in Orange County, and they're mm. just like, dude, they're just like a, yeah, they're on another, level, they're like a man. force just, to be reckoned with. Like, this, yeah, they just come out and like, don't even mess around. And they're just like, bam, 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 
and everyone oh, yeah. like, dude like half the venue knows the words and is just like so cool and yeah he's yeah it's just a, they're great overall band but yeah but what jay and mike are doing is just i'm just in complete awe you know it's just i'm just so jealous of it because it's just <laughs> it's so good it is so good and i wish they were doing it you know 20 years ago like when I, you know, when I was, I literally, I was seeing Jay like every weekend, you know, with, you know, seeing his old band and stuff like that. And I wish they were doing it then because that way I could have enjoyed it, you know, for this much more, you know. But I'm just so glad that they're doing it now as I can enjoy it now. I'll get, oh, let's get them on the radio, man, and be like, hey, why couldn't you start Mind Force in 2002, <laughs> man? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of what I was saying. Like, it's so cool that a hard, I mean, like a record, you know, could have that impact on you where you're like, man, this is kind of like reawakening this thing inside of me and I, you know I'm gonna I kind of want to get involved again and that's kind of yeah. just what I mean about the effect produced by you know I mean really any type of music that you love but really punk and hardcore records for me you know really really can do that um but yeah that's super cool thanks for thanks for sharing that um mm. do you remember your first stage dive or your first time moshing oh yeah no <laughs> uh, I've I was gonna say earlier like about going to shows like and anybody that can attest, like, I'm the most boring person to go to a show with. Because I just like to stand in the back with all the other grandmas. And just <laughs> I just like to watch. I just like to just watch and observe and take it in. No, that's like, great. Or maybe I'll stand to the side and things like that. You know, <laughs> but I've always just like to just observe and just and just take it in. I don't. Plus, I've <laughs> I'm the most uncoordinated person. <laughs> so. That is just a whole other thing, but like I couldn't, I couldn't ever do that, you know. But I always just like to just kind of stand back and just watch, and then and just kind of go and hang out. I just never, you know, maybe the occasional, you know, you get up front and sing along with your friends. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few and far between with that. I'm just always, I'd like to just kind of stay in the back and out of sight. No, that's what's up, man. I do that a lot, and it's just as just as fun for sure. Um, Okay, see, I told you the time goes by fast, and I've, there's yeah. some stuff I want to. Um, yeah, thanks yeah. for sharing that Mind Force stuff. That was super cool, um, especially because I like just saw them, like you know, less than like it was like two weeks ago, and me and my friend, yeah, and I, I get to go see them in about two weeks, so I'm kind of nice, pretty jazzed about that. Yep, there you go. Um, okay, so before, uh, so now it's now you got Heroes and Martyrs records going. Mm. Um, before that, you know, your first. First label was Martyr Records. Um, yeah. Like to talk a little bit about that because, like, you know, the early 2000s I feel like was an interesting time in hardcore. You know, I mean, kind of like coming out of what the 90s was, and and, yeah. and and obviously like, you know, the early mid 2000s kind of brought on a new type of hardcore, like you know, Have Heart and bands like that. Um, but just kind of like, how did the label start? Um, you know, like, how did it start? You know, you said you had the idea to do it um, after collecting records. But, you know, yeah. what was that like where you're like, okay, I'm actually going to do this. Like, how the F do I do it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. So it's like, um, there's kind of like the first uh, unofficial beginning was I was roughly 16. So like, so I've been going to shows for like a few years and I started to kind of branch out, you know? Um, and then, um, so I had originally talked to Justin from indecision, 
you know, I was like, hey, can I put out a seven inch for you guys? Like, I just sent him an email just pretty much asking that. And he's like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. Nice. Because Indecision was pretty open. They would, you know, they would work with pretty much anybody. Um, and that kind of really didn't go anywhere just because it was, a, a, you know, it was like 2000 or so. And this was right as Indecision was coming to an end and right before they would start Most Precious Blood. And so all I kind of really did was, like, we went and got... Um, I actually had someone take photos for me, of you know, of them live. Because it's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do them, and then we'll make a picture disc. Because that was another thing. Because like, oh, picture discs were the thing back then. Yeah, for and I, sure. Like, that was another thing. So, like, I, I want to do a picture disc. And who do I love? I love Indecision. Like, <laughs> let's make that happen. And that's kind of just where that all stemmed from. Yeah. Um, but that kind of just kind of fizzled out and it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, because right, like right around that same time too, they kind of ended as a band. Um, but it kind of like the label really started in 1999 when I went to the Youth of Today reunion show in Connecticut. Nice. And at the time, um, like that era is like you were on the Rev board and just talking to everybody and meeting all these people and trading records on the Rev trade board and all this stuff. And Ben from The Warning at the time, he was in his band called As We Once Were, put up a message saying, hey, I'm going to the Youth Today reunion show. Um, if you see me, ask me, I'll hand you a demo of my band. Nice. Cool. So I'm um, walking back to the car with my friend Pat Whittle. And I just happened to, like, I remember seeing that post. And then I just happened to, like, look to my left. And there was, here comes this guy with this, like, I think he had said something like, oh, I'll have this type of you know, band t-shirt on or something like that. And I was like, wait, are you the guy that made the post? He's like, yeah. And I was like, can I get a tape? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so th that's how uh, Ben and I met. And then that was that moment. That was the epicenter of my life. Literally, like he, that moment was my, changed my life forever. Uh, so we, we had kept in touch for a little bit and, um, you know, we would talk here and there. And then oh, kind of a year goes by Um and, you know, they, he starts up a new band. You know, he goes from As We Once Were. He's like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm in this band, no warning. And uh, it kind of just kind of progressed from there. So they kind of put out a demo. They play a few shows. And it's like, all right, yeah, now we want to put out a 7-inch. And I was like, oh, I've been wanting to start up a label. This is, can I do it? <laughs> and um, and that's pretty much how it happened, you know. And I was kind of – and I, I think what the – I was kind of like – it was like it came down to like – me, uh, a 17 year old kid who has never done anything and gonna, you know, they're gonna take a chance on, or it was Teamwork Records who had just did like the carry on seven inch at the time. Yeah. And dude, I think it was between Chris and myself, and they just happened to go with me, and my life just, that was, that was it, man. It was just changed from that moment. And that's where it all started. And it just went out of control for the next few years and just, <laughs> Dude, that is, that's so cool, man. That's such a cool, that's such a cool, like, origin story for that. Because, so, like, as a kid, so I was, like, coming up listening to hardcore and going to shows, like, in 2004, late 2004, 2005. And, um, you know, Ill Blood was, like, one of the first records that I heard where I was, like, like I just loved it, you know. No warning was yeah. was such a I, it, yeah. That's one of those records. It's just like 
<laughs> you know that's that's lightning in a bottle man. it that's, is man just like in like that, just... that is a phenomenal record yeah it's insane like it's just that listen to the whole a side of that record and it's just it just puts you in this mood man it's just incredible yeah no know? and i'm just so jealous like <laughs> That you know, Bridge and I put out the you know like it's it's supposed to, you know it's awesome that I got to do the record before it, and then they went from my you know me doing a seven inch to ill blood, and it's just like <laughs> I was just so jealous of Chris uh, from Bridge and I doing it because it's just like, <laughs> like I said that A side is just that's phenomenal. It's just phenomenal for sure, man. Yeah. And I remember like hearing behind these walls for the first time and just, and just feeling like that same feeling like this band rocks. Um, I love it. And I, you know, I was like, you know, I was like 14 at the time, I think. Yeah. Like probably like 14. Um, and a lot, and, and so a lot of those record, and I didn't even really know, like I was still kind of trying to figure out like what hardcore was. And I was also like, you know drinking and doing drugs and like really just like a really wild time in my own life and like but loving hardcore I grew up in Corona California and we had a venue called the Showcase Theater um yeah 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 you have in there yeah so okay yeah so I grew up like 10 minute skate from there and so like yeah. I saw everyone like every week weeknights weekends and so I was just, you know, and hardcore was like something that I just, you know, I, I loved. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, me too. It's just one of those things. It's just like, it just took over my life, you know, in, in such a good way. It's like, I've met so many incredible people, had so many phenomenal, I keep saying the word phenomenal. It's annoying. No, it's uh, not had so annoying. many incredible experiences, you know, like my life literally changed around all this stuff. And yeah. It's just, yeah, like that reaching forward record um, mm -hmm. is so good, um, and then you know the with honor, the distance split. Um, those are just a lot of things I remember standing out when I was, you know, when when I was listen coming up listening to hardcore and going to shows. It's just cool to talk to you and know that like you were the mind behind putting all that together. Yeah. And then <laughs> you know, and then obviously like modern life is war, dude. Like I kind of just if you, if you don't mind talking a little bit about how that connection started because they went on to become you know yeah what crazy, they did right? yeah <laughs> yeah uh that, yeah that was one it's like to to have oh man it's just like crazy to talk about so it's like i uh knew the guy from holding on for a few years and i was always close with sean and he's like hey uh i'm gonna send you a seven inch of this band they're awesome, you know, because they're, they're they were in Minnesota and my life's worse from Iowa, so they were kind of close, you know. They were kind of do that little area together, and I was like, yeah, sure, you know. So I, I got the seven inch, and then their their first seven inch um, is a little bit more hardcore punk. It's kind of got you know almost a, like a lighthearted vibe to it. Yeah, uh, it's a little. Uh, it's it's certainly it's compared to like everything they've done or everything I, at least I've listened to since. Um, it, it, it stands out, not in a bad way by any means, believe me. It, it's just, it's, you know, you can kind of tell here's where they're kind of getting their identity and then, and then everything beyond is just on a, is just, uh, something else. Um, so I just happened, you know, I knew Sean, he sent me the seven inch and then I met the band and, 
and they're like hey you want to do you know a record for us and i was like oh yeah i'd love to this is great um and then so we finally you know we get we get going on the record um they record down in brooklyn you know so since they come out to new york i go down and, and hang out with them in the studio while they're recording and i saw in real time as a recording like they went through like this metamorphosis in the studio like Jeff walked in. It's it's going to sound so, but he literally he walked in a, a boy and he left that studio a man. <laughs> like he like it, it sounds funny, but it's just like I remember like he was like everything leading up to that recording. He was just like like that recording and that record, all that energy and emotion that came out of him. It changed him in such a great way. Like he be he like he finally. Like that was like what he needed to really become what he became as a as a as a lead singer as a vocalist as a lyricist. He needed that recording, and he, and I and I saw him go through that change in real time. And I remember when it when it was done, he was just like, ah, "Man, I'm, I'm just not. I don't, I don't like it." <laughs> and I was like, "You are in no stop, <laughs> just stop." Uh, and, and and that record, like he just him and the band it just that was such a special release to be a part of like i mean like every record that i have done i've i've got such great memories with but that record it was just like i i you know i remember everything vividly and just to see that change from before and after and then what they've become and then how people regard them it was just it was it's in it's like an honor for me to have done that record because it's just I'm I'm not going to get another one of those in my lifetime, you know, <laughs> to to do my love my way. You're not going to get that twice, for sure, you man. Could try, yeah. No, that's a cl- classic LP for sure. Um, yeah. That's more cool behind the scenes info. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, so you we talked about in the beginning, like you know, getting getting like I guess like the orders the order stuff together for the no warning seven inch and you know they wouldn't give you um you know a hundred and real quick the the orange the orange press of the reissue is already sold out i think right yeah it, it barely made like a half an hour that, that <laughs> flew dude which that is, is which is crazy i didn't like you know i hadn't done anything forever you know i just kind of made a few online posts here and there and then that thing was gone quick and i was like that's so cool, wow. man. I've missed this, you know, just to feel like, cause I see people were getting so excited about it. And I was just like, and you get, I get this feeling like every time, like, like for something I did, you know, that's something <laughs> I'm a part of. You're excited. That's great. No, that's good. You know, I mean, I put everything I have into everything I do, but it's just like when someone's like, all right, I'm ready. And then like, I just watched people flood with, you know, like that thing sold out so quick. And I was like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I think the humility behind like, oh, you, you like my stuff that much. I think that humility is what is a part of what makes, you know, creative projects turn out so well. You know what I mean? Just kind of like like you were saying before, just like taking the actions and let's see what happens. If it works, it works. And like, you know, um, but yeah. So obviously I've learned from I've inter- so I inter- I've interviewed uh, Bert from Safe Inside Records mm-hmm. Um, a couple of people who run like local DIY labels. So I, what I've come to find out is that hardcore does not pay the bills. <laughs> um, so 
when you were putting out, you know, those early records um, with like doing Martyr, were you were you were you losing money or were you like breaking even or was it just like was it all super fun and you weren't tripping on any of that or yeah like, and no, it was just like like i said it was just my entire life like i just i pretty much i just went to work just so i could have like a a job that just kind of supported it and that's like like all i pretty much paid for was just like gas going to shows and then stuff for the label and then just buying records like that's yeah. all you know, occasionally I would eat here and there, <laughs> but like that's all I did was I just worked to support this hobby. Yeah, and then I worked just to support the label, and then the label just kind of became its own thing. And then eventually, I was able to, you know, I get a distribution deal where they would help, you know, offset some of the costs and things like that. But yeah, that's. But I pretty much just worked just <laughs> so I could support it. You know. Well, that's what's Which up, is, man, and the the yeah. the result of that was a bunch of great music that people still love today, you know. Um, and so I wanted to let's bring California into the mix, the greatest yeah, yeah. the greatest place in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are in the home. We are in the home of Nardcore, this radio mm-hmm. station. So very proud, of, very proud of that. Um, so with or without you, and in control, um, you know, two amazing california bands i feel like in in control probably especially at that time you know in the early 2000s um and just kind of curious how you made how those connections happened between between you and those bands uh so for in control um i met uh zach and ryan in 2002 they had come out east to play posi numbers and you know back then there was only like two festivals that like everybody went to it was like you just went to like posi numbers or like Hellfest. yeah um and posi numbers was like the one to be at uh so i went to posi numbers um and i uh met up with my friend thorns and he was staying with me in my hotel room and he's like oh you know after you know after the night everybody was you know we were gonna go find something to eat and i think we'd walk into a denny's and there's just like you know uh, where everybody is at this show, it's just like they kind of just take over like every restaurant in the area. So we just walk into yep. Denny's, and it's just like everybody who was at the show. And uh, Thorne sees Zach, and he's like, "Oh, you know, let's go sit with them, and we'll just kind of hang out." And that's how I met Zach. It was just I just happened to be with my friend who happened to know him, and you know, we just kind of just grabbed a bite to eat and just hung around and talked. And then uh, a few weeks later, he shoots me an email, and he's like, "Hey, man." Um, uh, we're putting out a new record and this was like a weird time in hardcore like this was a period where cds was like ruled the game and the whole thing was to put out cds Yep. you know at least from a label perspective like labels didn't want to put out vinyl labels just wanted to put out cds because like that's what it was was you know people were, were just eating it up and then like the the uh the cost and the profit margin on them was was crazy so he's like, hey, we want to do a vinyl version, but, you know, Indecision's only doing CD. Like, you want to do it? And I was like, well, I get to do a record for you, and I get to work with Indecision? It's like, <laughs> this is, yes. <laughs> like, I couldn't say yes fast enough. Um, and, and that's kind of where that stemmed from. And then just, I got to do that record. And, and because of Zach and doing In Control, you know, I got to meet Dave Mandel, which is like, 
you know, for, for as a fan of hardcore music and a, a person that ran a label and now runs another label, like Dave's my one of my idols. He's yeah. and I've gushed to him a thousand times about that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> to like an annoying level. So, uh, but like you know, I get to meet you know everybody out you know out west and you know and that just kind of put me in touch with other people through in control and then and then um you know it's just it's like i knew a couple people from california here and there and then the same thing like i was always aware of like diehard use um especially from like once they put out their their um their full-length on thorpe like i think that's right around the time i had met andy and i was always just kind of like you know in touch with him here or there and then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm starting up a new band and, and all this stuff. And I remember I was talking to Todd Jones. And he's like, oh, yeah, because I think he did a 7-inch for Die Hard Youth. Or, or at least he was certainly friends with them. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you do that, that new band he's doing, you should, you should do it for him. And it's like, I'm already two <laughs> steps ahead of you on that. Yeah, sure. uh, and, and then I just met Andy, and they gave me uh, the Wizard Without You EP, which is you know, it, it holds such a special place because it's just like, it was a little different than what was going on at the time too because like if you listen to that EP, um, it all kind of flows together. You know, usually a traditional hardcore EP or a record is just like, you know, you have a song, a song, a song. Maybe you'll, you'll get the occasional crossfade. But the, all the way that these songs flowed, it was just, it was just awesome. And I'm just so glad to do it, you know. For sure, and then, and then get to meet Andy. Like he's such a, you know, I can't curse, but he's such a <laughs> rad. You know, he's just a. I'm I'm so glad he's in my life. Like he's just yeah. one of those people that's just like, like damn man. Like I know Andy. That's great. You know, <laughs> like everybody needs to know Andy. For sure, yeah. God, so it's it's crazy. Like I interviewed Andy last year, uh, like an ill communication interview, and then. Yeah. Uh, I connected to some people that he knows from Tachapi and stuff through my, my work as a drug and alcohol counselor. And like, yeah, we just kept in touch, man. And like, he's just, he's just such a cool dude. And, um, oh, yeah, it was the best, yeah. the best. Yeah. I'm so stoked to see Ill communication live. Cause they freaking rock. Oh yeah. Wait till you hear this new record. I know yeah, he's like, on. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. Don't trip. So I'm, I can't, yeah, I can't wait to hear it. I, I love oh, it's, yeah, I, lo I love them and, and everything they, you know, just every, I mean, I, anybody listening, listen to that interview I did with Andy because it talks all about yeah, sure. the uniqueness of, of what ill communication is doing. And and so cool to hear about the in control thing and Dave Mandel and Indecision. I mean, Indecision still putting out such awesome stuff. My friend just put out a record uh, tuning and they're in a band called Tuning, just put out a record with Indecision, yeah. Power Alone. Um, but it's so cool that like in control does another year, which is a freaking classic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then like you get to be involved in, 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 uh, the truth hurts. Yeah. I did you the know? truth hurts. Yeah. So yeah. cool, man. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. You know, just like, like I said, him asking me, I was like, like, you know, I was like, I'm looking around like me, you want me to do it? And I was just like, <laughs> like I said, I couldn't say yes fast enough. And it was just one of those records. It was just like, uh, this is, you know, this is awesome. For sure, yeah. I get to see Retaliate in like two weeks or so, and I'm super stoked about that. Yeah, I remember like uh, speaking of Retaliate, like I forget what I was doing, like like I forget what it was, like eight nine years ago. 
uh, I just I started watching the Eric Andre show, <laughs> and then I just watched the first episode, and then he's like, "All right, so let's we got retaliate," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then also I'm like, "Is that Zach?" I was like, yeah. <laughs> that was the most like surreal moment of my life because it's just like I hadn't talked to like anybody, and I was just like hanging out, just like laying down on the couch, and all of a sudden I'm just like retaliate <laughs> like, like of all the things you could have told me that was going to happen at the end of that episode i was like <laughs> that's funny man what? um but yeah so okay we yeah see what i mean it's already 524 um yeah. so you can debunk this myth so d- passing the torch or, or selling martyr um to mm-hmm. jamie from hate breed was that was there anything involved in pursuing figure skating with that uh, decision? <laughs> All right. So, uh, as as the like that, I'm, I'm not that I'm not sure about. So, like when when I decided, like, all right, there's that that exact moment that I said, I, I can't, you know, labels gotta, I gotta stop doing the label. Um, I called up a few people, you know, stuff people I was working on, and you know, it was like, all right, here's what's gonna happen. Um, so I had just done the distance record. And so I called Jay from the distance and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, labels coming to an end. Um, you know, let me know what you want. I'll give you all this, you know, all this stuff and things like that. And he's like, all right, hold on. Let me, let me call you back. Uh, and then, so he called me back later and he's like, Hey, can, can I take it over? And I was like, yeah, man, of course. Uh, so I said, just give me an address. Tell me where to send all the stuff. Um, so I sent him just like all the stuff that I had from the label and then whatever happened after that, I, I'm not sure. I've, so I saw that, like, you know, Jamie would use, like, the name, like, Martyr and stuff like that here and there. I know Jay put out a few releases, like, after, like, I did the Pale Horse CD. And then everything that was done after that, I think he did, like, a Danny Diablo, uh, Danny Diablo CD or something like that. And um, I'm not too familiar with that because I just kind of just went off and did other things. Yeah. Um, so I, I just sent him everything. So if there's... A, Something involving something else. Either I'm not sure what it is, or I've blocked it out. But I I don't know because that's all I did. I just kind of gave everything to Jay and just let him. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, take it over. But just to clear the air, the figure skating question came from Andy. So. <laughs> yeah, that I I just I don't, I don't remember. Like, I mean, if all I know, it could have happened. Like I could have just been blocking it out. Yeah. No, that's what's up, man. I I um. Yeah, super stoked to talk about all this stuff and like just hear, you know, because I've, you know, all the people I interview have been involved in so many things and so many things that I've listened to regularly for years, you know. Um, and I always love to hear kind of like behind the scenes stuff and, um, oh, yeah, 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 me too, yeah. It's, it's, I know it's cool. like, like, the, like, um, so Dennis, who did the layout for the No Warning for me, um, he has been part of like some massive and monumental things. Uh, you know, that's part of why I chose that outspoken song on the playlist. Like, yeah. That song is, is, uh, the best song that I, I from the, there's a, the comp from the nineties called the Anime And that to me, that, that song always stood out and always like held a special place for me. Um, and, and then Dennis too has been, you know, he's the drummer of Outspoken, and then he yeah. is, you know, we had Matt and everything. He's been part of such incredible stuff, you know, from bands and running labels and stuff like that. 
And the same thing. He's like somebody like I just want to take him and just bother him for a whole weekend and just go <laughs> one by one. It's like, what was this like? What was you know? What were we doing here? It was, I just want to bother him for like two days straight. <laughs> but I, I totally get where you come from. Like I just I just love that stuff. I just love hearing all the yeah. backstory and you know. You know from one aspect. But I want to know from from you know from the other side. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's that's been such like such a blessing for me in this in this radio show is is to be able to do that with so many with so many people that I like admire so much too. You know, it's it's been super cool, and I think I kind of have like a little bit different in with people because I'm like, hey, like this isn't a podcast. Like we're actually live on the radio in California. Like it's an FM radio show. I'm trying to keep the, you know, trying to bring back the spirit of like hardcore on the radio, like college stations, but like we're actually on the radio. So I think I feel like I have like a little bit better in with that. <laughs> um, we give away concert tickets or something like that. Is I that mean, I could, thing? I could do that. Yeah, I could probably, <laughs> I'm also like a full-time, I just started my undergrad and I work full-time. So I like, but I've always wanted to do like giveaways and stuff like that. But sometimes I just don't know if I can devote all the time necessary to, you know, and then I'd probably no one would call in anyway. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, man, thank you so much. Um, just, yeah, no doubt. So super stoked on, on, you know, heroes and martyrs. Um, I feel like, you know, we, we covered kind of everything and how, how it came how it came back for you. Um, and if you have any, uh, any shout outs you want to give or like any favorite bands you're listening to right now or anything like that. Uh, pretty much that, that playlist kind of encompasses like my current mood of, of just like hardcore. It's just like, you know, I, I mean, I couldn't put so much stuff. I mean, like I think at, at least twice a day, I listen to death threat. And that's been a thing for like the last 23 years. I think I've, I've <laughs> nice. not gone a day without listening to death threat. Um, I just couldn't put them on that list for the, you know, the obvious reasons. Like yeah. it's real hard to find a song without, <laughs> without you know, without swearing. Which yeah. Is, you know, um, but it's like that playlist kind of just encompasses like everything, like my current mindset and all the bands I like right now. You know, there's, I mean, there's a few other ones here and there, like, especially like one on that list, um, almighty watching. Yeah. Uh, that is a band that I'm I'm real glad like I know Kyle and I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen with them because they're going to be one of those bands that's like I'm going to I get to see that metamorphosis I was talking about earlier you know from from people like to see like where Jay from Mind Force went yeah where he started and where he became and where I get to see Jeff from My Own Life is War start and where they became they're like Kyle's been in a couple bands but the vibes that I get off of Almighty Watching is just, oh man, I've I've gushed to him a few times, you know. <laughs> I was like, dude, and I and I get to see them. Uh, I'm stoked I get to see them in about two weeks. But yeah, they're a band that whoever's listening, I want I want people to definitely check them out. For sure, for sure. And that playlist uh, for everyone who's listening on on uh, streaming platforms, that playlist will start right after this interview is done, and probably like the next thirty seconds. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, Steve, thanks so much again, man. Yeah, Truly it, man. an honor. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Um, hope to cross paths with you at some point, either out there or or out here. Maybe we can get an in con- Zach to do an in control reunion, and you can fly out or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. All right, man. Take care. Stay safe out there amidst the yeah, aftermath yeah, of the yeah, storms man. and everything. And and we'll talk soon.
Yeah, definitely. All right. All right, later. All right, this playlist was made by Steve Myers. It features Rise and Fall by Leeway, Mark of the Squealer by Leeway, Serene by Integrity, Firestarter by Mindforce, Shatter by Almighty Watching, Bloodsucker by No Warning, and Spark by Outspoken.